Welcome back, Wildcats, to another episode of Pod Talk Jam and Break here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. And I am not a Leo rising, I am a Leo sun. My name is Felipe, and today I'm joined by another Leo sun. It is Sam. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. That is correct. I am a Leo sun, and that's all I know about astrology. I didn't even know that the first one was a sun, I just know that my birthday is in August, and I'm a Leo. Well, you're in the first half question mark you're in the leo era because it's correct like I, I barely made the cutoff of yeah i yeah. barely made the cutoff um yeah. but i, Once I would, again we have another I, august 19th baby yeah. on the podcast back to back well i guess to back also because i was i was i've been here before mike bloom he filled in admirably and now i'm back i'm sad i had to miss the episode but we're back to talk about a worse episode of this show ever maybe i i said it in the comparative sense to last week's it was worse but it could be the superlative sense that it is the worst episode that this show, which I do enjoy, has graced Disney Plus with. Yeah, so transparency on my end, I watched this. It, this is a 25-minute episode. It took me 52 minutes to watch because Disney Plus kept crashing. That's the, so, that's the uh, Disney specialty um, little, little capitalism talk here, but they love to get everybody in on what they do in their little ecosystem and then they stop giving a shit about you they do this as a sports fan they do this with espn and all of their products they have monopolized the sports world essentially so all of espn's apps are just absolutely garbage and now that disney has seen that their their subscribers are climbing uh netflix is falling hbo max and you know their subsidiaries are incompetent um they they know that they have everybody you know in a stranglehold now and they just can do whatever they want so their app is probably going to progressively get worse which is a bummer because i was defending the disney plus user interface mm-hmm. as one of the better ones it has and been now that they're going the way of paramount plus yeah hopefully they prove us wrong yeah um yeah that's the one thing you can't take away from netflix they have the best user interface. they do like obviously they're gonna like headline the trash that they put out these days right. over anything else they're definitely phoning in, in the of, content but in terms of what you actually get with the experience netflix is unbeatable mm-hmm. um but sam uh you were out last week let's talk about last week let's start with positivity do you want to talk about last week's episode first? um yeah last week's was good i loved um the auditions i love to get multiple songs i loved some singing um some things were not the best i think uh ambushing nini with her biological father was not ideal um the fact that it was jesse tyler ferguson was particularly grating i don't think i think they could have spent more money on the writing on this show rather than have jesse tyler ferguson be in the show for approximately six minutes i'm gonna guess they wasted a lot of budget on things such as that um but that, you know, served the purpose narratively, I guess. So we, we progressed Nini's storyline to now. Uh, we probably will have little to no Olivia Rodrigo left. I guess we maybe will get her in one more episode, which will probably be 
the season finale because we've been well, didn't you say alleged she was that there will be three. The first three episodes, according to the to the trades. Yeah, the I think the thing I had read was she was in three total, maybe, and so maybe it was just assumed uh, okay. that it would be the first three. Um, but now that you know we've seen her in the first two and then not in the third, maybe we can logically assume that she'll just be back for the last one at some point, and that'll be that. I hope that's not the case. I would love more Olivia Rodrigo as much as she is willing to give herself to this show, because I think. As you mentioned pre-pod, the quality is going down without her. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you do you think that she like is doing it out of fun or is, um, she, is she? I think I think yeah, she's doing it a little bit out of fun. I'm I'm sure she's she's got a good agent that's negotiated her a little financial incentive as well. But I think. Like we talked about before, you know, her whole, her music career now, how she wants to, she doesn't want to skip steps, she doesn't want to, you know, she wants to play, you know, ballroom type uh, venues instead of playing massive, you know, sports arenas to start out on her concert tours. I think she probably wants to do that with her TV as well. She doesn't want to just, you know, bail the show that she was on while she became a star, so I think she wants to give it a fitting ending instead of, oh, Nini's gone, and then just write her off like Seb in Big Red. Yeah. Poor Seb and Big Red. Mike Bloom was also upset. Yeah, the show the show would be better for it. Um, the show would be better with Howie. I, I think. Mean, we got a Seb sighting if you look closely. Oh, where it was. was it was Carlos like scrolling through his phone or something? So you on Instagram? No, phones that oh, you're right. You're right. Maddox. Uh, took they, him. He had a photo of them. He brought a photo of them in the tent. I'm like, you're in the tent for one night, uh-huh. Carlos. Yeah, the the characters. This I know. One. Last week you had talked about you and you're enjoying. Courtney's more comedic arc and I am enjoying her being a comedic character as well but I hate how they're doing it like it seems like their only way to make characters funny in this show is just make them insanely stupid and that's what they did with Seb and Big Red and now since neither of them are on it they're just doing that with Courtney how she's just like over the top you know scared of this not scary story eating oh she's doing everything she's being asked Every every yeah. actor on this show is doing everything asked of them. It's the you know the, the writing. The, like that's that's yeah. my biggest criticism of the show. Like this could be a much better mm-hmm. show. Obviously, it's like a cheesy show, but it can be cheesy but still have good writing. Right, like, and that's exactly how the beginning of season one was, and on, arguably all of season one was like that. It was decent writing, and it sucked us in. And now they know that we're in, and we're going to keep watching because we're sickos. And they're just going to keep making it a shittier and shittier show. Yeah, like, they set up such an interesting arc with Carlos, and they, like, cleaned it out no. so quickly. Like, Carlos, we have cameras in, in the security room. Right. I was like, what? This could have been so much more interesting. Yeah. I, mean, I had Ricky ask backwards his way into Kristoff again. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like there's nothing going to come from yeah. the conversation of him Zephroning. Like, I feel like there was so much setup. But before we get into this episode... Uh, Quickly, let's go over some of the things you texted me. So, Mike was harder on Gina than you were. You were very positive on Gina. Do you want to defend your stance? So, I I just think, like, she wasn't... It wasn't like, oh, old Gina's back where she's, like, conniving and, like, being rude about, you know, trying to be the lead. Kind of like Lily was in season two where she was like, well, one of us has to win. And it's, like, all a competition. Like, she wasn't... I don't think she was being bad. I think she was being, like, confident in herself. And she's like, sorry, guys, like... I want to try and do this thing for myself. She shouldn't be expected to not want that, and she's. I don't think she's doing it in like an abrasive sort of way. Um, there's like nothing wrong with her being confident, and um, 
it was obviously warranting. She's very talented. And I didn't like the song Balance because I don't like most of the pop songs. I gave it a C, a very balanced grade. Um, I thought, yeah, her performance again was fine. But like you and Mike Bloom said, they kind of just square peg in a round hole all these pop songs. And it's like, does it really fit? I mean, I, I didn't really... Does Sophia write her own songs? Because I have to assume Ashton wrote this song. Yeah, I don't. Julia Lester. I don't know um, on either front about those. Sometimes they surprise me. Wondering was amazing. That was like the first. Song yeah, I wondering really was great. Um, I'll try and I'll try and look up on Spotify yeah. see the writing. I really credits. did like what you said though, uh, like that she's handling jealousy better than most high schoolers right. would in yeah. a relationship. Like, every high schooler, when they see their, well, it's her first boyfriend, she doesn't know, I mean, obviously she does, but most high schoolers in that situation would act very immaturely, and understandably so. You're 16 years old, there's a lot of emotions going on, and you've never felt them before. So she's like, it would be totally understandable for her to be like, you know, jealous girlfriend, oh, he has all these friends that I don't know, and he's spending time with them, and he's so concerned about this musical that he's directing that he won't even spend time with me in our first summer as a couple and she's not doing any of that like yeah the camera shows her giving looks to him and val together but she's like handling that so much more gracefully than any you know 16 or 17 year old would in real life um so that stuff is all like i think she's doing great with that she did give shitty advice to the eighth and ninth grader where she was like you guys aren't friends when you audition blah blah blah. it's like you're close like you don't have to say they're not friends but you can say it's okay to want things for yourself i think it's like kind of a framing issue and so yeah she gave i thought that was pretty bad advice she told the the eighth graders um eighth and ninth grade or whatever uh, but other than that like that was the only flaw i saw with with gina how she acted in the whole episode had no issues with it so in in a yeah. in a kind of underwhelming episode, she was the only one I could really think of giving a W to. Definitely for sure. Uh, and then we I you said two people for LVP, but now that you've had a week to process, are you thinking Dewey Wood or Maddox? <laughs> yeah, or I don't know. Two? So I was with this episode, I was thinking Maddox even more. So she was just taking L after L until the big reveal which we'll get to it kind of makes it a little more understandable still the stuff in the last episode it was pretty much like girl just chill out a little bit um but dewey wood is not um equipped to handle these children and i think he deserves lvp for that okay so dewey is getting yeah the LVP. i'll give maddox just a little bit of slack and i'll give it to dewey wood yep so uh, just to recap, uh, myself, I gave Courtney the MVP last week and Carlos the LVP. Mike gave Jet the MVP and Gina the LVP. Yeah. Um, I would have given Jet the MVP if he would have just, like, not been a weirdo and immediately left after his audition. Yeah, so that's... Do you want to talk about your score? So you gave Balance a C. Balance was a C. Jet singing uh, for the first time in forever was a B. I gave it an A+. plus For singing, his voice was incredible, and then an F for just like weirdly leaving instead of letting everyone embrace him when they clearly showed that they were welcoming to him. Um, so that wasn't great. Nini's song, again, I gave it a B because it was a great song, but it did not feel like it fit yeah, the Yeah, do you want to talk really. about the lyric that we talked in the pre-show? Yeah, so we, she did. I realized now that they were, Nini and Ricky were both juniors last year. Gina was the one that was a sophomore, and then EJ was a senior. So it is plausible that Nini going into her senior year 
is 18 years old now, so I guess I'm not as uh, bothered by that, that she could be 18 in the show, but um, yeah, I, I remember liking the song. Again, I don't know how much it fit necessarily, but it was a good song. Square Peg Round Hole. Yeah, so I gave that a B. Was there one more song that I missed now? Uh, first Time in Forever, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? You oh, a. yeah, I gave them the mashup an A of all of their auditions because that's what, how these should be. Like, yeah, it's nostalgia bait. They're just wanting us to be like, oh, I remember Frozen. But unlike the What Time Is It you know, mashup the that they had with Start the Party, uh, this was an actual mashup, and it was going back and forth, and all of them were doing well. Um, it was a really fun mashup, and so that's what the show to should be. To be fair... I think the only criticism I have with this mashup is there's still room to grow in terms of a mashup. Yeah. Like, say whatever you want about Glee, but they knew how to do mashups. Oh, yeah, they did. I love, I still unironically love some of the Glee mashups. Um, oh, rumor has it, someone like you? Oh, yeah. Chef's kiss. Um, um. Yeah, Glee, Ryan Murphy really did something with those mashups. The other things, questionable. The mashups, A+. Plus. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe I yeah I just gave this an A because of the no. low bar they've set for themselves. Is exactly. Like, I was like, well, I, I gotta give something an A. Blend the melodies more. Yeah. Like, okay, say what you will about Tajik Hall, but he also knows how to do a good mashup. Right. Fair. Fair. Yeah. When he's not getting canceled by Twitter. Right. Which is fairly often now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that, that was as that as was as all I had. Color. That was all I had to say. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to get into the recap for this one? Yeah, let's see if I can do it. You've, so, Sam's going to lead us to the recap because of my Disney Plus issue. Yeah, so. so you've tasked me with this. I will see what I can do Listen, and if I can do it justice. Listen, but are much funnier than mine. Mine are very, like, objective to the point, but yours is, like, this is some Ross geller ass. Yeah, shit. sometimes I want to, like, you know, remember the funny jokes I thought of in my head. So, yeah, like, whenever, yeah. you know, Ricky and Nini broke up in the first season and he said they were on a break and she was like, you broke up with me. And he's like, no, I just wanted a break and yeah i wrote down some ross geller ass shit i'm not here for it um if you know me or my brother will you know our opinions on the tv show friends and i won't get They'll into it, it here but no, there's no room for any ross gallering especially in you know 2019 when that happened and no room for ross gallering in 2022 either Exactly, yeah. There was no room for Ross Gellering in the 1990s, but they still made it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, critics would argue the same thing. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So, From what I understand, Courtney Cox is lovely. She's not Ross. She's Monica. No, yeah. She, um, her Courtney Cox is lovely for anyone who's experienced her on the lot. I could see that. I could see that. She was. I, I loved uh, Cougar Town for her. She seemed yeah, like she was having a ball with that one. Have you been watching Shining Veil? I have not. I have not. Because I don't have stars, but uh -huh. that's her new show. Okay. Yeah, I've never... It was mostly the men on that show, really. When you really get down to it. Yeah. And it's also just... I, I uh, tend to swerve in the other direction whenever people are just in love with something oh. so much. Probably, like... I, I, I try not to be, you know, stereotypical cis white male contrarian kind of thing. But whenever it's, like, disrespecting the TV show Friends, I will lean into that all day. I, I have some contrarian opinions uh, that I, like, I, I sometimes like to go against the grain, and I don't know if it's because everyone falls into it, and I feel like there's, like, gray zones. Right. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people see it black and white, and I feel like there's, like, some gray area For sure. in a lot of things. Almost Especially everything. with, like, reality TV opinions, uh -huh. or general television opinions. I like to be, like, go against the grain. Uh -huh. Like, I don't think Tony's the best player ever. That's fair. 
That's fair. And, you know, they're, they're definitely very good subjective points to prove that case. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Just like I don't think that uh, Ricky is hot shit. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but everyone else in this show seems to think so because my man Ricky, which I will get into in my recap, he, he really has his pick, it seems. He can have any man or woman in that camp that he wants except probably EJ. I don't yeah. think that one's going to fly, but everyone else is into Mr. Uh, Richie Bowen. So, anyway, I will see what I can do, and I will start this breakdown. So, we begin with um, Gina waking up Courtney in their cabin. She's singing, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And revealing to Courtney that she has been cast as Elsa, and Gina has Whoa. been cast as Sorry. Anna for the show. Not to interrupt you, but this got me heated. I was like, and then I under, I saw Kristoff Chris, casting. I was like, oh, it's just a plot device. It's not even, like, they were setting up Courtney to be Anna. Like, they don't even know what they were doing with their own writers. Like, Courtney's audition was like, oh, this is Anna energy. And mm -hmm. they're like, nope, Gina's Anna. I'm yeah. Like, Damn you and your stupid love triangle that nobody wants. Uh-huh. I'm with you Sorry, on that. And so we... We then uh, cut to everyone seeing the cast list, which, if we recall from the last episode, Carlos was tampering with at the end. I don't know what he did. At the end of the. Yeah, I want to know what he cast as well. Um, at the end of episode two, Carlos was tampering with the cast list, but we find out that um, Ricky has been cast as Kristoff, the male lead, of course. Jet has Zephroned his way into being cast as Hans. Um, Carlos finds out that he is Olaf, an inanimate object, which he is not happy with. Uh, EJ, it's homophobic, honestly. It, it does. Um, EJ discovers that he is going to be Sven the Reindeer. And we got a name drop. Oh, we also uh, know that he is he he's considered the Greta Gerwig of Camp Shallow Lake, and that he will be a character actor and director. Um, so that's the second time that Greta Gerwig has been a, shouted out. A drinking game. Yeah. Anytime Greta Gerwig's mentioned, you do a shot. Yeah. No one would have thought that that would be like the free space on the bingo card for High School Musical. Is that, oh, if Greta Gerwig's mentioned, here's a bingo piece. But anyway, Carlos will be Sven. Um, the two... The no, eight, EJ will be Sven. EJ, EJ will be Sven, sorry. The eighth grader and the ninth grader that we met in the last episode, I'm going to assume... I don't remember their names, but I'm assuming they were and cast as... Yeah, they were cast as young Anna and young Elsa, as the audition would lead you to believe. And then everybody else is in the ensemble, including Ashlyn, who struts up to the cast list in the worst she way says, possible. Belle is here. And gets what she deserves in being cast in the ensemble when you have an attitude like that towards being the lead. So then this sends Ashlyn in the crisis mode. She has already gotten accustomed to stardom to where she can no longer cope with being in the ensemble. We then go to uh, Maddox does address Carlos tampering with the cast list, but it's a one-off joke line, and we get no further development on that. And you know we won't get any because these nope, we will not. Care. No, they could have you know belabored that for a little bit, but no, they. I I was literally like, so are they just not going to address this at all? And we get one joke about it. So that's what we get. We roll to the opening credits, and then we go. How do you feel about the opening credits song? Um, it's. Fine, I guess. I don't really think of it too much. It doesn't linger, so that's fine. The timber at the end with the... Bum. Yeah, kind of the kind of the pause, the hesitation, and the yeah. come in and hit, hit it with a bang. Yeah, it's fine. The Like I said, it doesn't linger, so it doesn't bug me. 
I feel like you know they want to do all these original songs. I don't know why they didn't do an original song for the theme song. But anyway. This is a Disney Channel style show anyway. Yeah. At least Lean It To. Right. Beats me. I'm not a writer on this show. So after the credits, um, the, I, the girls... You would be a great writer on you this would. show. You would. I, I think you would elevate this to new levels. No, you would as well. I... I would try. I don't know how to write for TV, but I at least I have ideas. I don't know how to, yeah. you know, put them into TV, and that's what you're here. But you for. know how to write dialogue at least. Like, I you can write better dialogue for these. See kids. the the thing, you since you know you write TV, you could maybe and you mentioned this last week with my Mike Bloom, but I feel like they don't even have to write the dialogue. Just write something, and then let these teenagers who are good actors talk. And then yeah. be like, hey, is this how you would talk to a friend? And they would be like, no, that's bad. And they'd be like, well, how about you just you know, try having a conversation and we'll see what it looks like on camera. But yeah. I digress. After the credits, EJ pokes his head into the girls' cabin while they all discuss. He wants to talk to Gina, which is the worst thing you could do. He like justifies his like, oh, it's only my head, which is the worst thing you could put into the girls' cabin. <laughs> you never, I mean, you'd... you'd you're not just swinging armor. They're like, hey, the, guy coming in. I had the most... Everything was a euphemism when he said that to me. And then he's like, oh, I'll come right in anyways. I was like... Yes. And then she uh, says that he's rubbing off on her. A lot of euphemisms in that little scene right there. But anyway, EJ wants to poke his head in and talk to Gina. Just the head. Yeah, just the head. And then he comes in anyway and um, talks to her, has some flowers for her. Seems to want to talk to her about her big role. She says that, you know, it's, it's somehow more exciting that you weren't the one that cast me. Which, it's, it's, not like, it's not somehow more exciting. It is. It's more meaningful that your boyfriend didn't cast you. But I don't know why that line was so bad. And EJ doesn't seem to care. He is very focused on making sure Corbin Blue's production is as great as it can be. Um, Ashlyn is still coping with the fact that she is, has had her stardom ripped away from her. Maddox asks her about her signs. She um, questions whether or not Ashlyn is correct about her signs because she feels like she is acting like a Capricorn rising, I believe. And Ashlyn's like, that's the dumbest shit you've ever said because I'm a Leo no, rising. So Ashlyn thought... No, she, she was... thought she was a Leo rising. She is a Capricorn rising. No, 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 opposite. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Sam does not care about astrology. I'm sorry, I don't. I'm probably gonna get canceled i know some people are fans and i just you know it's too much to keep up with so uh, maddox keeps asking her about her signs that uh, makes ashlyn cope even more because now she has someone who is like making her rethink more things about just her performing career so then we're with ashlyn and gina just walking around outdoors ashlyn is still venting now she's venting about maddox um, and the astrology thing Gina kind of has a heart-to-heart with her, tells her it feels out of character, which I agree with. It does feel out of character and not in a good way. And I can, I guess we can talk about that now because it's okay. Obviously, you know, when you have all these emotions going, everyone gets out of character, especially when you're, you know, 17 and your character is not defined yet. But it, like... If this makes sense, it feels like it's an out-of-character kind of being out-of-character. And what I mean by that is it's not a logical way for her to be out-of-character. Like, she is, she is coping with not being a star anymore, 
when that has literally never been a part of her personality. It's like, it's not like she's been raised with this massive ego and she's always been the lead and now it's ripped away from her and she doesn't know what to do. It's like she's always been content with being the background person. She was person. Mrs. Darbish. Yeah, she was Mrs. Darbish. She's always been a great pianist um, and she's had no qualms. Sorry, with... <laughs> what did you say? Sorry, I'm not talking about EJ anymore. Um, <laughs> but she's always been fine with that and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But now, like, yeah, it feels out of character in the wrong way. It's not like she's sad, oh man, my 15 minutes of fame are over and then like, Gina would give her a hype-up speech like, no, just because you lost this one role doesn't mean it's over. You can still be a star. She was, like, completely lost because she's not the star. And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. Um, and then she reads that the Leo, that the, the rising sign that Maddox has ascribed to her does like to be the center of attention and get recognition. So it gives a confirmation to what Maddox said and not what Ashlyn is feeling. So we move on. Maddox is still obsessed with Newbie Night. She will not stop talking about it. She apologizes to Ashlyn for giving, for ascribing astrology signs to her, but she still keeps questioning them. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever watch Total Drama Island? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I watched a little bit. Okay. This felt like a random episode of Total Drama Island where no one got voted out, right? Yeah, yeah. I can see more that. Than, more than an episode of High School Media. Yeah, like, which... Just like random camp shenanigans that like have no plot purposes. Yeah. And that, that's what always bugged me about when Total Drama Island would do that specifically over something like Survivor. It's because Total Drama Island is a scripted cartoon. So what's, there's no point in having an episode of just, you know, fun shenanigans. Like on Survivor, it's fun to see, oh, yeah, Tony, that crazy guy, he's up in the trees again. But, like, when it's something like Total Drama Island, I feel like it's just pointless. And same here. Yeah, like, I feel like there was no plot purpose for The Woman in the Woods, which was also, like, a setup from last week as well. Right, oh. yeah, they, they left that setup from last they week. They disrespected Susan Fine's legacy. They did. With this episode. Um, and, yeah, Ash, Maddox was obsessed with that. She was, like, she keeps going on and on about it. She was, yeah, we had a whole setup for it last week where she's just giddily planting the Twizzlers, which Ricky just takes Twizzlers that have been sitting open in the woods for at least a day he's just cool with taking one and also this whole scene between him and jet yeah so like that all adults disappointed line that was so yeah that was so bad it made no sense oh god it's also like i the one thing i'll say like the commentary about like oh a lot of parents put their children on medication despite the fact that they don't know Uh it's like a thing i guess but it also i guess invalidates the experiences of ADHD. I feel like it would have been cooler if he, like, had it. For sure, yeah. And, like, normalized it uh-huh. a little bit as someone who has latent life uh-huh. ADHD. Right. And, yeah, I was I so was the... life diagnosis. Yeah. I was the opposite as a kid, um, which is probably similar to you. When you're, you know, in the gifted and talented and you have all this energy, then, you know, no one thinks you could possibly have a disorder, so you're not diagnosed with ADHD as a kid when you should have been. And, yeah, I feel like they could have done better about, um, yeah, normalizing, you know, having disorders such as ADD or ADHD when you're a kid. But they did not do that, just like they did not um, do any justice for, you know, validating feminist movements. They made two offhand jokes about 
being a feminist and how Ashlyn likes women, she's a feminist. It's like, that's, why did you say that? That's just bad and wrong, and that's well, not relevant. Feminist, yeah, it's just not relevant to <laughs> what this, what is even happening. Um, yeah, we, we belabor the point that the writing, not great sometimes, a lot of times. Um, so anyway, they're out in the woods. Maddox is obsessed with getting that started. We, uh, like you said, we have this scene with Ricky and Jet out in the woods where Ricky rolls up on the goodies. Jet rolls up behind him, scares him a lot. They have kind of a heart-to-heart about, you know, music and how his audition was great and how he loved music and then all this stuff that we talked about that didn't necessarily fit, um, but also it was said. Also, music careers. I, for sure. I liked the piano, but I hated the teacher. And yeah. Never touched the piano. Yeah. Um, Chandler also, same way, she liked piano, hated... The teacher, because the teacher, when she was teaching her how to use the foot pedal, she would put her feet on Chandler's feet to do so. A little skin-to-skin contact with the 60-year-old woman. Not great. So, Mr. Shoe, prison. <laughs> Mr. Barefoot. Oh, it was a man? No, it was a missus, at least. But okay. it was a but pl- still, prison. play on, play on words from Shoe. Jen can all hang out. I, I like that. Let's so, make a sitcom. That would. No, that's not a sitcom. That's too heavy. It's like an Orange is the New Black kind of. Going to have some light moments. But um, anyway, so at the end of this scene, though, so it's kind of, you know, they have the heart to heart. It kind of gets a little flirty again. I think we're shipping um, Ricky and Jet. Personally, I would like that. Um, He's made some comments about, you know, Ricky made a comment to EJ about, Friend, what are we friends castmates lovers like he he made an offhand joke about being lovers um he has said something about getting a vibe which is typically you know associated with kind of you know not being sure of your sexuality kind of thing um but at the end of the scene ricky makes jet laugh and he goes he laughs which is like the exact thing when in like a the movie trope when like the stereotypical jock is like beginning an unexpected relationship with the shy girl and she says something to him he's like oh she speaks like that is exactly what ricky's saying he laughs reminded me of and so i feel like they're they're setting up a little love story there but anyway we skip to the campfire where ej and maddox have discussed about ej will sing the scary country song but Maddox still has to tell the story, which she says was non-negotiable anyway, because she was going to do that. So EJ sings, I think, the worst song that has been in the show. The ballad. Oh, really? It was so. I didn't think it was as bad as uh, Ishalole. Oh yeah, I mean they're yeah, they're both bottom also, two. Also, there's been some like there's some previous. I don't think it's the worst. The Billy and Sorry song that one. Sucked. That one sucked. EJ is just man. Which I is think fine. His voice has gotten better. I'll it has. That. His voice has gotten better, but I think they identified. Maybe that, they also know how to write for him. Now. Yeah, I, they. It could have been the Troy Bolton thing where he got cast before uh, after. The yeah, the I think they've they've realized Matt Cornette not a star, unfortunately for him. He's but, not in the gifted and talented program like us. He's not. He's not. Um, so anyway, he sings the Ballad of Shallow Lake, which Maddox has described as a country song, which she can't sing because it'll make her voice sound like a frog. This is not a country song. It's not almost a country song. It's just... It's a campfire. Yeah, it's, it's like a... It's like a... It has acoustic guitar. That's not country. Um, the song was dumb. It definitely 
did not do Maddox any favors with like she's supposed to be telling a scary story later and this song is doing nothing to set the mood for that like it's doing the complete opposite of like lightening the mood and like making everything about this night unserious but then she goes into trying to tell her scary story which is not being taken seriously she's being undermined the whole time by Jet um, there was a moment again during the Ballad of Shallow Lake where Ricky is drumming on Jet's leg you know, he's, like, doing a little finger like drums on Jet's leg. Or yeah, fingers or Twizzlers, can't remember, but little little physical contact between the two during the song. There were way too many na-na-nas for it to be a scary song. I don't understand why this was described as scary or country and why it was saying before, you know, a story that's supposed to be scary. So, anyway, Jet is being a... It's also too peppy for, like, a spooky song. Yeah, exactly. It could have been, like, a Monster Mash thriller. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it served the... It's not even that it served no purpose. It served the opposite purpose of what it's supposed to be doing, which is just dumb. It's bad. Um, so anyway, it sets a light tone for the night. So it's not surprising when Jet is being a dick during Max's story. It wasn't scary before, but he definitely ruined the mood by continuing to interject. This is where I kind of thought, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, Maddox is annoyed that, you know, her story, her one of her favorite things is being undermined, but it's just some rando at camp like you can't always get your way not everyone's gonna play along with how you want the camp experience to be um but then that's why i did not give her the lvp for this episode because we come to find out later that it's her own brother matt jet is her brother and he is the one that's undermining yeah, i did he said maddie and i was like maddie? i i yeah i thought they were ex-lovers i didn't uh-huh. think they were siblings yeah so once they had that reveal um i was definitely more on maddox's side with like being so upset that her brother, her own brother, was being an asshole to her, it wasn't just some I random guy. I can cut this out if you want. But did, you listen to the Mike Bloom pod? Uh, yeah, mostly. What did you think of his theory? What Maddox? What was his theory? I can't. I that remember it she being. She might there. be on the autism spectrum. Oh yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, I know she, she definitely loves things she's familiar with. Um, she doesn't like when that gets derailed at all. Um, she doesn't have the most tact with, uh, you know, approaching conversations and how, like, some, it, what she's going to say might come across as some person. Um, so yeah. I could see that. And, you know. I, I think that's a very valid theory. Mm-hmm. My one hesitation to, like, embrace it is that I don't know if she's going to fuck with you guys. Right. That's my one hesitation. Yeah. I don't think they would do it with nuance if they did it. Right, because they already, you know, talked about her brother, which not sure as of right now if they're biologically siblings or what their um, backstory is, but talked about, you know, her brother. They have similar eyes. Yeah, I could see it. Um, But yeah, her her brother was the one with the ADD storyline slash not a storyline. So if they do address that, if that is a thing, I would be very curious to see how and if Disney Plus could handle it. Cause yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think they could. So I probably don't. I think they shouldn't because um, yeah. you, you got to handle that stuff well. So we find that out later, but then we kind of go through more stuff in the woods. Carlos is scaring Courtney. Um, I love how she was like, if, like they were addressing like horror movie stereotypes yeah but 
like they're they're being so meta with everything like she's doing the yeah the horror movie tropes but she's also she's not even saying like oh like i feel like that's a line where she could add about the stereotypes of how the black people are always yeah i agree but she's like oh well and she starts talking about how it's homophobic but then yeah it's like so they're they're perfectly fine you know making tongue-in-cheek jokes about sexuality and stuff in this show i don't see anything wrong with yeah courtney addressing how black people are treated in horror movies um i think that could have been a tasteful joke for her to make but, but again i'm not black but right so I don't know. um but they did not make any jokes on that they just kind of you know it's pretty ho-hum storyline and jokes there didn't really serve anything. I wonder how, what their writer's room looks like. Cause I don't maybe, know, man. Maybe it's, like, a little Latino. Like, there's, I think there's someone who's Latina in there that I did research on. But yeah. I don't know if they have any I, black writers. I could, I could see that. Um, but, yeah, I could imagine it's uh, a lot of white people that think they're kind of liberal, but they don't really think of things with more nuance, as much nuance as they should. Yeah. It's kind of the vibes I'm getting. But hopefully I'm wrong. And hopefully it's just, you know, lazy writing. But anyway, we go to EJ in the woods. He's taking his job very seriously, simping for Corbin Blue's documentary. He really wants to make sure it's good. I guess everyone thinks they're going to get their big break for the, from this. But also, do you know what he's doing? He's, like, highlighting the script, which, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, you have to highlight everyone's script, sure. But I think everyone knows how to read, I'm assuming. And it's not like the read through you don't really have to prep for the read through based on my experiences as like as a director you just have to make sure everyone has the script right yeah and maybe this is a thing where he doesn't know how to be a director but i mean he's been in plenty of musicals before so this shouldn't be should not be the case my experience was highlighting my own lines Mm mm-hmm yeah, and that's that would make for a lot less time for everybody. They could all do it separately on their own, and I don't know, it's yeah, it annoys me. EJ should be having a fun summer with his girlfriend. Yeah, he should be like he shouldn't be blowing it all off. But you're not making any money from Corbin Blue's documentary. Um, you know, it's just the read through. I guess maybe part of their issue is they don't have faith in Disney Plus to edit and make a good show. Which, based on our conversations, is fair, but I don't think they have that kind of meta commentary for this. Everything else is meta, but not them, dis- you know, hinting that they don't believe in the power of Disney Plus. So, EJ's taking it way too seriously. Um, Ashlyn comes into his tent. Ricky and Gina barge into his tent because they want to go out into the woods. Um, EJ's. Like, again, taking it too seriously. He tells uh, Ashlyn that she was born at 1137 because it ruined his mom's brunch when she was born. So it was 1137 a.m. So that was relevant, I guess, because it's brought up again later. Um, He doesn't... Also, Madam Stephanie seems like a phony. Yeah. Obviously not. She came to her birthday party, so she is a real one. Um very much gen energy yeah why yeah. is this lady at this I can see that that's that's another way in which Ashlyn's kind of you know character turn doesn't make sense because someone that openly talks about LARPing and someone that openly talks about their psychic and these things like Ashlyn has always been confident in herself and she's like again always been never been rooted in being the star she's always been rooted in 
knowing she's good. Um, so just that's like yeah. the very the the only roots that a seventeen year old could have. Like that is what her roots are. It feels very much they don't know what to do with her this season because yeah. they don't have Big Red and their storyline with Big Red was even floundering at the end of last season uh-huh. if she didn't wasn't the lead. Yeah. Um, they don't know what to do with her and she's getting flanderized a bit. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure they'll write off. Oh, she's she's, you know, we've talked about it. She's acting out of character, but like you can still do that in a way that makes sense she and not be lazy about some, it. Some weird shrub in the forest and that's fine she i hope she had a you know a a spiritual awakening out there um so anyway she asks she's just staring at the stars asking who she is we cut to ricky and gina who are having great chemistry in the woods as everyone does with ricky bowen they just all get along really well with ricky we cut back to ashlyn she has found this random piano, I can't remember even where it was located, but she has stumbled upon barn? a piano. Yeah, it's like a barn situation. That's where they had the auditions, right? Yeah, probably. That would make sense. Um, seems like that would be further from the forest. Doesn't feel like you would just wander in there, but I don't know the layout of this camp. So I guess that's plausible. She sings her song, which, again, was okay. It was a fine song. I don't think it right. really fit. It looked- beautiful it did did yeah her her the shots of her songs are always cool wondering was a really cool shot in season one like how it was filmed i will say the piano playing was not in sync Uh, yeah had an insert of her playing the Uh piano and i was like okay but her cans are off (laughs) like what the music is happening yeah so the song sounded good was pretty you know cheesy and i don't think fit the scene so i later i'll probably give that a c minus i think maybe even a d i didn't really care for it um gina and ricky barge in to this barn scare her very much she scares them back they're all yelling a lot talk about ricky's whole outfit change when he was dressed as a tree like why where did he get that like the writing on the show yeah when did carlos put on like a face mask to scare courtney as well um yeah, a lot of the stuff does make sense, and they don't care, and that's fine. Um, so yeah, they barge in. Jet and Maddox, it, they have their fight, and it's revealed that they're siblings. Ashlyn has kind of coped now that she has sang her ballad, and yeah. She every, knows that she's a Leo rising. Character. Yeah, and now she knows she's a Leo rising for sure. And then everyone else is still simping to make sure Corbin Blue's documentary is a success. Carlos is very nervous about how the read-through is going to be so early in the morning and none of them are prepared. EJ is still feeling unprepared. Courtney is just can't handle anything because she's, you know, in the woods and now she's also being scared and Courtney just can't function um, is how they're making her persona this season, which I don't personally love that either. Um, We get a little more chemistry for... Gina and Ricky addressing how awkward they are, um, but in kind of a cute way. And I'm sure we'll be, our, our train is heading towards that love triangle hey, direction. I noticed that he's like, they're lost together. Uh-huh. And he like, he also kind of brushed past that. Like he didn't really care because he was so focused on Corbin Blue's documentary. But like, you can care about that. Like you, you shouldn't care that your girlfriend's with another dude, but you should care that like, 
you were going to have a great summer with your girlfriend and now you're, you know, doing this while she, you could be making memories with her and like doing fun things. Um, so yeah, that is how the episode ended. And that's a wrap on the episode. Do you have any final thoughts? I know we kind of jumped around. Yeah, I know. I never know whether or not to like interject on those parts and kind of be all over the place or just like, let's give a clean run through and then go address the yeah, things no, later. I think it makes more to sense host. to do it's it. Like, you have to figure out what you, how you want to structure the, the episode timeline notes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, like I usually feel like I have to be the streamer, but I feel like I got to like be more goofy. Yeah, it's tough, and I, I respect you for it. And I think it does make more sense to just interject, you know, in the middle as we're talking about the things instead of revisiting later and you know leaving stuff out potentially. Just you know talk when inspiration that strikes. Last minute, it's just Disney. Plus it's all good. Rude. It's all good. I like it. I had to get a little bit of a refresher on exactly what happened, take some notes down, but I enjoy being the recapper, and um, I'm glad you got to have some of that burden lifted from you. I'm happy to do it. We can, you know, mix this in again down the road. Sure. Do you want to get into our segments? Let's go for it. Do you, which one do you want to start? Songs or MVP? Um, let's go songs. Um, Battle of Shallow Lake's an F. That's an easy F for me. Oh, wow. So Shallow Lake is better than the Okay, I guess I put that as a D. So yeah, yeah, I think the Battle of Susan Fine is, uh, that's an F. It, like, it just... For me, I put it as a C. I think this one was more entertaining, but maybe on a rewatch it won't. It was, so the song, the song itself was fine. I'm lowering it so hard for the context around it for them. One, calling it a country song. Yeah, one, calling it a country song. Two, calling it a scary song. Three, invalidating the scary mood that was supposed to be set for the night. And then on top of that, also just kind of being a little dumb. Um, it sounded yeah. okay, but did not fit any context at all. I gave it a C, uh, a bet on it, sort of grade for the high school uh-huh. title. Uh, I think it was fine. Like, I think, I, yeah, no, I, I've convinced myself to move it down to stick to the status quo with D. Peer pressure, just baby. because I don't think it's fair to put balance on the same level. Right. As oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even close. Um, but Shallow Lake is the worst song of the season. Okay. Interesting. Um, see, at least Shallow Lake, it kind of fit context for me. So that's why I give it a D yeah. and I give this an F. Absolutely no context. Um, Rising, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that in a C. Again, fine song, sounded kind of cool, a little cheesy. Don't think it fit the narrative. So we'll throw that in the C range. Bet on it. Yeah, it's not as strong as Wondering. Wondering would probably be an A for me. Yeah. Rising, Rising was a C. I think it's on the same tier as Balance, where it's kind of forgettable. I won't remember it at the end of the season that well. I'll just remember it as that, oh, that Ashlyn song that was in the Starry Night about her horoscope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then let's get to our MVP and LVP. Do you want to start? <sighs> I have mine ready. Yeah, you go, you go with go. yours. I'll see what you have to say. So I'm going to start with my MVP, and this might be controversial because I know that her character is becoming very one-dimensional right now, but Dara Renee is eating all... She left no crumbs with her character, and, like, despite the fact that, like, it's tropey and sticky, I think she's selling it so well, and I'm enjoying her presence even though I'm not enjoying what they're giving her. So I'm going to give Courtney another point. Yeah. Giving her two MVPs nice. for me in the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm, I'm with you. I think... She's doing everything that she possibly could with the role she's being given. I'm sorry she has to do that. I think she deserves to be more of a star 
than a joke. Um, you can still be funny and be a star. Like, her character before, like, where she was just kind of, like, very witty and, like, on top of things and sure of herself, like, that was, that was funny. Um, and I think yeah. you could have, they could have kept that. But, yeah, she's, she's doing great as an actress. Um, loving that for her. My MVP, I'm... I, you got to give it to Ricky Bowen. The guy, he just can't miss. He just can't miss. He can do no wrong. Um, he has Zephroned his way into another role. I guess he didn't really Zephron this one. He kind of came prepared a little bit. You know the concept of single white female, right? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like Ricky is like kind of like this like straight white man who like ass backwards. Yeah, he can, he can do no wrong. Um everyone wants him or wants to be with him like every ever yeah i'm mean, just ricky can do no wrong right now i'll have to give him the uh the win i i agree with you i wish that he had been more of a supporting role like i think it would have been funny if he had been knocked down a peg and being put as Sven or something I or if he had to be the villain Carlos yeah christoph and uh olaf him as Olaf. Yeah, that I think that would be great as well. Um, I don't don't know. That would be fine as well. Just anything, I think, yeah, knock him down a peg and then show how, like, truly to cope with that. Like, be okay with it and just, you know, enjoy for where you are in the moment. You don't always have to be the star. And that would make more sense to do that kind of storyline with him than it would with Ashlyn. Um, But in the context of the show... He stays winning, so he's the MVP. Um, LVP, I would have given to Maddox if it weren't for the reveal that Jet is her brother, causing you know a lot of her, um, I don't know, stress and anxiety isn't really the right emotion for the situation, but, you know, causing her distress, I guess. Um, yeah, if it was just like, you know, random people at camp that aren't abiding to her every whim, then yeah, I would think she deserves to take the L for this, but. It's understandable. I sympathize with her now, and she is not taking the L for this. So, it has to be Miss Ashlyn. I'm sorry. It's just you. You gotta learn. You know how to cope better. Is that also who you had for LVP? I picked Ashlyn as well. Yeah. Ashlyn, just like I don't. Know, I think more of my frustration is the writing, and I can also vocalize um, my frustration with the Ricky situation. It feels uh-huh. like it took the cheap way out instead of like the actual like worthwhile writing Mm -hmm. like it feels like they cut corners to like whether it was deadlines or like story-wise i feel like this could have been a much better story oh yeah and they cut down ashton's character for no reason i think they could have worked a little harder Uh and uh mapped something better for her and that's another reason why i'm frustrated that ricky is christoph and gina's anna i think it would have been more worthwhile to explore the love triangle by not putting them together yeah. in other ways. Like, this one wasn't even about them being in the play, and they still found ways to work that in. Right. Yep, I'm with you 100%. It uh, doesn't seem like uh, it would be that tough. You could have your how do I cope with not being a star storyline with Ricky very easily, make it make sense. Um, and Ashlyn's could make more sense. Like, yeah, there's two leading women in Frozen, and there are three of them there that are worthy of being stars. Just, you know, have her very easily, like, yeah, I know I'm good, but, you know, I just didn't get this one, and I'm comfortable being this person because I am, you know, confident in what my talent is, like she's always been. 
Um, and then, yeah, Ricky could be the one that has to cope a little bit. And then we could get a fun side of Ricky where he's just like, yeah, this is, you know, I don't always have to be the star kind of thing. It would make a lot of sense. And then that makes the love story more, the the love triangle more interesting. It's not, you know, forced. Earned. Yeah, it's earned. I love, the show's got to earn it and they don't really care for that in this anymore, which is sad. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you uh, want to go through who is currently in the lead right now? Um, or is it too early still? For the lead for the whole MVP for the whole season? Yeah. Um, I would have to give it to Gina still would be in the lead for me. I mean, we say it's early, but after next week, we're halfway through. So. True, true. Um, so let's uh, go through some of these quick totals. So uh, the people who have points uh, are Gina, Ricky, Ashling, Carlos, Courtney, Jet, Maddox, and Dewey. So Dewey has just one LVP. Uh-huh. Maddox and Ashton both only have two LVPs. Um, and then Carlos and Gina both have one MVP and one LVP. Mm-hmm. And Courtney and Ricky have two MVPs. So that's who's uh, leading yeah. right now. I, I, I personally think Gina hasn't missed the whole season. Like, she's just been, she's been, you know, good to great in everything she's done. I can't fault her for you know her confidence in episode two and i think a lot of the things she's done um yeah it's just been great and i think she's deserving of the one mvp she got because i gave it to her and i think um yeah for me i think she'd be in the lead right now just consistency so next week is called no drama uh i'm sure there's whole tons of drama total drama total drama um do you have any any final words for this episode no, not really. I'm hoping next week is better. Do we finally get uh, the them singing It's On at the little... No, I think that's episode six. Jesus Christ. Based on the Color Wars. Yeah, okay. Is that what yeah. episode is episode six, the title referring yeah, to Color Wars? Yeah, they released the titles for everything until episode six. Episode four is no drama. Episode five is the real campers of Shallow Lake. Maybe it's like Val and Maddox versus like the new Yeah. Seven is Color War. Six, six color, color war. war. So yeah, that's seven and eight are untitled. yeah. So that's definitely when the when it's on because it was very obviously color war. Right. I wonder if five. So we're starting last week. We kind of found out, you know, how Dewey Wood made the comment that, um, you know, the all the other counselors here are sports people. They're they're not theater yeah. people. And then last week he's trying to find an elective for jet and he's saying something about how swimming is open so it's starting to sound like yeah this is just a whole summer camp where you can sign up to be a part of the the theater the musical that they're doing um so i wonder if the real campers of shallow lake is going to be like the jocks that are there for baseball or whatever yeah get bullied yeah have a little uh um why can't i think of the song from high school musical too when they're playing baseball I don't dance. I don't dance. Maybe they'll have a little I don't dance. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, well, I have nothing more to say about this episode. It was just kind of a... I think the second episode was definitely yeah. stronger. It was very um, meh. Sure. It made sense that it was only you know 22 minutes. They really phoned yeah. it in on this one. They could have just given that extra five or six minutes and like talked about Carlos you know, tampering with the cast list. Talked about several things. But there was just like nothing of substance in this episode, like you said definitely 
Sam, uh, what do you have going on these days, and where can people keep up with you? Well, we just released a new episode of Everyone and Their Brother, EATB, that I do with my brother Will and my friends TJ and Robert. Um, we are recording a new episode of that coming up soon. I believe we're doing About our... anime. What was that? About anime. About anime. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, if that's... That might be uh, what's coming up. I thought in our production that's schedule... That's a plug. That, so is, that is something that is being done. When that was discussed, I thought that was a, a thing that I wasn't going to be in the production for, but maybe I am, and I'm just going to stumble into it and see what goes on. I don't get paid for any of this, so I don't put in too much effort. Um, sorry, to, then, sorry to let everyone peek behind the curtain on how much effort yeah. I put in. Uh, and then people can keep up with you where outside of that? Um, so I am at NotThatSamDavis on Twitter and TikTok, and at SamuelWyattDavis if you want to know my full name and follow me on Instagram. Has anyone ever told you you kind of look like Wyatt Russell? Yes. Actually, someone, maybe it was you. But, <laughs> but I feel like someone I told, did. I feel like someone did say that whenever I he was I told Will that. I was like, okay. That makes, like. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and what's your PCP for the week as Will Coin? The pop culture plug. The pop culture plug. Oh, man. I haven't been, haven't been doing do too much lately. Yeah, you do years while I think of what I've watched recently. So you can follow me at what the fleep on all social media, including be real. Uh, oh, be I'm, real, I'm so big real. be real guy. Uh, and uh, the main squeeze is at Brazil Dragon Pod on all social media. Uh, what I would really appreciate you all doing is going to both the Brazilian Dragon main feed uh, and Pod Talk Jam and Break the, that feed, as well as everyone and their brother, and just rating it five stars. Rating yeah. it. If you do it on the Pod Talk Jam and Break podcast or the Brazilian Dragon podcast, let me know what your favorite high school musical song is of all time. That's what I want to know this week, and I'm going to start doing a question of the week for any reviewers, and I'll read your review on air. Uh, Love it. In terms of uh, what we have coming up, another What You Doing just dropped today with Michael J. Clark and your brother William. Navi was un- unable to join us, and we just recorded another What You Doing uh, earlier today, talking about the beat. Pumping them out. Genre. Um, Sam, I believe it's almost been a year since we did Survivor. Uh, Survivor. Wow, we might need to revisit. Might need yeah, to do it again. Yeah, we got another Survivor Mango Chutney versus. I love it. Water. <laughs> I love uh, it. But anyways, what what's your PCP for the week? Um, I'll I'll give it to uh, the rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. I finally caught up on that yeah. on HBO Max, and God, it's uncomfortable, and I laugh out loud a lot. Yeah, I've heard it's super cringy. It is. It is. In anxiety inducing. Yeah, no, it's like, it's pretty brutal, it's, it, but it, it feels good sometimes to laugh at it, but then you're immediately like, oh man, I don't think I should laugh at this. It feels mean, but they all know they're on a show, so I don't know. It's tough. It's really a, yeah. a grapple with morality. Interesting, interesting. Uh, in terms of me, my power culture plug was Better Call Saul and what you're doing. Oh, so nice. I'm just going to do that Stick there. Stick with it. It's good. Uh, if you want another one, since this one is uh, coming out before the finale, so check out the Better Call Saul series finale on Monday. Uh, another pop culture plug for me is something that I cannot think of right now. Um, oh, if you uh, go see E.T. in theaters again, 40th <laughs> anniversary. Uh, Did not realize that. Oh, I guess Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That's all that. I do want to see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's um, fun. I th- go ahead. It's not generally my type of movie, yeah. but I had fun watching it. Is it one of the best movies of the year? Absolutely not. But it was fun. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, last week I simped for Apple Plus really hard, and I gave out every recommendation on there. So it's fine to have multiple Ooh, plugs. Loot series season finale. Ah, yes. Loot, uh, loot and uh, For All Mankind, also a very good show. They're getting crazy. Um, yeah, and all great news stuff. News of the Morning Show with John Hamm coming. I have not. I need it. That was, yeah, that was one I said I need to it's get heavy. on it. It's it is heavy. Um, now and then has also picked up. I've been binge watching that. That's the like Spanglish show that's gotcha. really good with Rosie Perez. Ah. Uh, and I want to watch the show about the kid, uh, the guy, the kid with the disability. I forget what it's called, but uh, there's a new show about yeah. him, and like he he goes to school and he's trying to be a normal kid, but people are like, oh, but you're not normal. Uh. And uh, it it looks like very cute, but also kind of heartbreaking uh-huh. at times. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, Sam, any hashtag for the week? Um, what what did he say? Hashtag ruined eggs Benedict. Oh, eggs Benedict. Yeah. How do you like? Do you like eggs Benedict? How do you like? I eggs? do. I do enjoy eggs Benedict. Um, yeah, poached eggs are great. I do enjoy a nice runny yolk. So a well poached egg and then cutting it open. Ooh, it's very satisfying. Nice hollandaise on top. Eggs okay. Benedict is a you good cook, one. Or is that just your brother? Uh, no, I cook uh, quite a bit, yes. Love that. I do. Okay. Well, hashtag eggs Benedict, and we'll see you next week. Maybe Caitlin will be back with us. Who knows? But regardless, Sam and I will be here to hang out. We will. Uh, until next time, everyone, uh, get your head in the game. Bye. There you go. Who am I when who I am is changing? Who am I when I'm not in my head? I'm following the signs, where will they take me? Will my future self and I be friends? I'm searching for stars, the horizon is black But I know what I know Should we see who's singing? I mean, we come this far, right? What am I when what I am is wild And louder than I ever dared believe I'm so done with hiding in the shadows And I'm so over being scared of me The stars are all new I'm charting a path Cause I know what I know